Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in partnership with Ascension. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends ever, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. What you're going to find is we're three normal women who are on the journey, who laugh, we cry, we have all kinds of adventures, and our heart is to share our love of Christ with you, our friendship, and all the beautiful and broken places that we encounter. So you are most welcome to join us on this journey. Grab a cup of coffee, get settled in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, and we are actually all in the same time zone. We're all at the same table, and we have a special guest uh, who we shall introduce to you. Maybe we'll let him talk. I don't know. I can barely contain myself. I don't know. I don't know. Because we just um, have been together for a conference called Restore the Beauty, which Heather put on. So you want to talk a bit about that, of like how amazing that was, and what a wonderful, absolutely grace-filled weekend for all the women in Canada and the U.S. who came to your conference. To our conference. Yeah, it was, conference. it was amazing. I can't believe it came and went and is over now. Um, it was a, it's hard to put into words how beautiful the weekend mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. But we're going to try to break open today a little bit of the themes that we talked about because it was just so important and so impactful for all of us mm-hmm. who were there, like us as a speaking team, as well as those who mm-hmm. attended. And we just thought it would be wonderful to share it with our guests. It was really a continuation of the Restore the Beauty theme that came out of our doctor series. Mm-hmm. So if anyone hasn't listened to the series of the Four Women Doctors of the Church, you can go back and check those out. Um and the, and the beautiful journal that Michelle created to go along with it. But we just thought it just wasn't enough for this theme. We wanted to break it open even further. And I think it's something that we're going to continue to break open in our own hearts and in our conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michelle, you want to talk a bit about your vision for the conference? Um, oh, I had a vision. Okay. Hey, <laughs> I have a dream. I have a dream. Um, our vision, just what Heather said, is to go deeper in those themes. We mm-hmm. really dove into the four themes. It was restore our hearts, um, restore our hope, mm-hmm. restore um, relationships, and restore our vision. So we probably could do even so much more. Like mm-hmm. We still haven't, mm-hmm. I don't feel like, scratched the surface on what true restoration looks like, what to, um, true restored femininity mm-hmm. looks like. That was one of the big themes that came up again um, that we actually first addressed in the St. Catherine of Siena podcast. But now we are still just, you know, trying to go deeper with these themes and images and how do we actually do these in real everyday life? What does real true restoration look like in our everyday life? So we can be continue to be restored, but our families, um, our situations, our church, and our world. Mm-hmm. And um, but we had a really fun friend and guest with us this mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. Yes. Someone who we thought would be perfect and who to was? collaborate on this theme, mm-hmm. who still mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And we are no longer a true, we're a quartet today. Right? We are a quartet and he is blessed among women. Let me tell you what. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, we want to introduce our dear friend who spoke at the conference and who is with us right now, Father Josh Johnson. What's going on, ladies? Thank y'all for having me. <laughs> Your episode that you were on, I think, earlier this season was, people talked about that. Um, women were weeping over that. I mean, it's just really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So we're Delighted that you agreed to come to the conference and give one of the talks and be the priest, be the chaplain for the weekend, and then also to be part of our podcast. So, yeah, it was very life giving for me to be um, invited at the table with y'all. Y'all have a a healing presence, uh, each one of you, and so it's just been a gift for me. It's been re- restorative for me as a mm-hmm. priest, and I look forward to going back to my parish and sharing some of the gifts that I received just from sitting at the table with y'all and uh, 
and being in, in your presence. Mm-hmm. So Father Josh, you actually um, gave the first talk. So you talked yeah. Friday night and your talk was about restoring our hearts. Can you tell our listeners a bit about that who weren't there and just off, like how you got the vision for that talk and just what was in your heart as you gave it? Because it was absolutely captivating. Uh, it was just really lovely. Yeah, thank you. I think um, each and every single one of us, we all have those places in our relationship with Jesus where we we're really proud and where it's easy for us to go. It's kind of comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Lord, he, he wants to love all of us. It's like that John Legend song, mm-hmm. right? Because all of me loves <laughs> all of you. You're my something, something, something. You're in my end in my beginning. My, oh, you know, oh, you know even, that No, I've heard it like once. Yeah, just, even well, when I lose, I'm winning. <laughs> yeah. Give me all to me and I give my all to you. I think, I think you need to sing I it. I think you need to sing it. <laughs> I, think, I think we need to start Restore the Beauty, the musical. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, uh-huh. no, anyway, it's, it's, sorry, it's yeah. so, I think that the right. Lord wants to love all of us. And in all of us, I think if we're honest with ourselves, we have those places in our hearts where we've experienced shame and pain and hurts and wounds. And and many times we don't want to let the Lord in those areas of our hearts. And we can't be fully alive. We can't be fully ourselves until we give all of ourselves to Jesus who gives all of himself to us. Um, When he was on the cross, he was totally exposed on the cross. He was so vulnerable. He gave everything. He held nothing back. And he desires for us to give everything to him and to hold nothing back and Whenever we do allow him in, he will not hurt us. He will only love us. He will not take anything from us. He will give us everything and more beyond our our imagination. And so the essence of my talk was about that and, and, and just about the reality that with God, there's always more. There's always more grace for us to receive. There's always more healing, uh, always more restoration in our walk toward eternity. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I appreciate a lot about you, Father Josh, is your authenticity. Mm-hmm. You share very vulnerably with people. It's very real. And I think it just breaks through that barrier of people's assumptions sometimes that priests have it all together or people in leadership will have it all together. And I love the vulnerability in which you shared. And there was a story in particular that I, it, it was so impactful to hear it. And I could tell on the faces of the women who were listening. Um, would you share that? Yeah, yeah. So essentially, a number of years ago, I was discerning um, with a community that is is no longer exists right now, but it was kind of being founded um, years ago while I was in seminary. And the the priest who was like the founder of the community was just someone who I really looked up to. I saw him as a spiritual father, and um, but as we would walk together, um, he would speak lies to me. Um, he would say things to me that were not coming from the Lord. Um, and it was very wounding because I, I so much looked up to this priest and, and um, wanted his affirmation. Uh, and so he would pull me to the side often and just tell me, Josh, I know you want to be holy, but uh, you would never be as holy as this person. And uh, I know you love the Blessed Mother, but but she loves this other disciple way more than she's ever going to love you. And, and so for me, to hear those words from someone who I looked up to, it was very wounding. And and I took those wounds uh, to the Lord, praise God. Um, and whenever I took them to prayer and acknowledged my thoughts, feelings, desires, relayed them to Jesus, what I received was the Lord um, inviting me just to come to him. He said, you know, if you, you don't, I didn't call to be a priest for you to receive affirmation from the people you're ever going to serve or from other priests you look up to. If you want affirmation, you come to me and I will tell you myself that I love you and how good you are. And so I responded to the Lord's word by going to him in the, in the tabernacle, in the Eucharist, and allowing him to love on me there. But what I experienced and what many of us experienced is when I left that uh, the Lord in prayer, I continued to brood 
Um, and I continue to focus more on the lies from this priest than the truth of Jesus. Um, and so in, in essence, I was, I was making the, the priest, the lies of the priest an idol and, and the Lord wanted to heal that. So the Lord wanted to love me more in that area, but I resisted because I, I feared that maybe the Lord is going to reject me because it's like Romans seven. I, I did what I didn't want to do. And what I wanted to do, I couldn't do, um, on my own. Um, and, and so I continued to just brood and brood and, and the Lord continued to, to pursue me and to try to, to go places where I did not want him to go. So he never forced himself because he's a gentleman. Um, and he just continued to just invite me to allow him to go in those places where, um, where I was still brooding, you know, and where I couldn't stand myself for still being so weak as a, as a, at that time, a seminarian, still not, um, have my stuff together. And, Eventually, because uh, the Lord is um, someone who never gives up on us, I allowed him in those areas of my heart. And when I, I allowed him into those areas of my heart where I experienced so much shame and pain uh, because of my own sins and the sins of other people against me, uh, the Lord looked at me and he told me that he loved me. And he loved me in my mess and in my brokenness. And in receiving his love in that place, um, that place has now become a wellspring of mercy for so many people. I'm able to, I'm privileged to accompany. Um, but, but one other thing that, that came to me as I was preparing the talk was also just like going to conferences and y'all know, cause y'all speak at conferences all the time. And, um, sometimes we hear speakers, they get on stage and they talk about like they're before Christ and after Christ. And when we hear them say things like, oh, you know, before Christ, I used to struggle with this vice or that imperfection. And then I met Jesus and I no longer struggle anymore. And I would hear those talks and just be really disheartened because I was like, man, shoot, I've been walking with Jesus for years now mm -hmm. and I'm still struggling with some of the same imperfections, vices, whatever. And so um, it, that was one of the reasons why I, I resisted letting the Lord in those places. But the cool thing with the Lord is when I allowed him in, he completely transformed me and his transformation, um, it, it is still going on right now. And I'm still being Amen. purified and I'm still growing. And there's always more levels of grace that God has allowed me to experience. So um, I'm certainly not perfect yet. I'm still a mess, mm. um, but I'm his message, hopefully, oh, of, uh, of divine mercy and divine intimacy with Christ above all else. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think it was very, very touching. And I know you told a very beautiful story as well of a, a friend of yours who got married and whose wife became very incapacitated and she was totally dependent on him, like deaf and blind and mm -hmm. paralyzed and him saying that that's not what marriage thought it was, that he thought what marriage would be that, you know, but that he doesn't take a vacation from his vocation. Yeah. And the, the touching part of that story was that, you know, you really had an experience of Jesus asking you, <laughs> would you let me love you the way he loves her? Mm -hmm. And it was very vulnerable. And you could feel as you told that story, just the silence in the room, like the piercing of that for all of us where, mm -hmm. you know, we all want intimacy, but it's so terrifying at the same time. And to be willing to risk to be loved in our deepest shame, our deepest vulnerability is, is, is it's such a, it feels like such a risk for us. So that, that was also something that I think people really resonated with. And when, you know, you started off the talk Friday night, we just went into the deep end, you know, we didn't, you know, spend time in the shallow and we just went into the deep end. And people really responded though to it because it was something that was from the heart and it was true. You know, it was very mm -hmm. tender. So, Yeah. Michelle, what were your thoughts about that? It was from the heart and it was uh, true, but it, we say like we don't want to earn love. Like we mm -hmm. don't want to have to hustle or prove love. But on the flip side, we don't want to be so vulnerable and so weak mm -hmm. either where we feel like um, we're, 
I think a lot of us feel like we're a burden to love. Oh, gosh. Or if we don't have anything to offer, why should people love us? Oh, yeah. You know, and when you just said, when the Lord asked you, will you allow me to love you like that, like this husband um, loves this beautiful bride, you know, that wasn't capable because of her illness to, you know, provide anything physically, but just in her being, just Mm -hmm. in who she was created, because she was created in the image of God, just in the dignity of her personhood and humanhood. And yeah, it was a little bit jarring, mm-hmm. you know, like to be loved, American even in our just mm-hmm. weakness and our humanness and our mm-hmm. frailty. Mm-hmm. And that's how he wants us to love. So, um, yeah, like to receive his love so completely and beautifully. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was great. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for allowing me to, yeah, just to share with y'all. It was, um, it was, it was really was just a gift to be in, in y'all, your presence. It was powerful. Mm-hmm. Heather, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, then the first night we went deep, but I, I think we're at a stage for many of us in our faith where it's like, you know, do we really need to just play the game or Michelle was uh, kind juggle, of like but ease we're like, in? We yeah, we're like Michelle, juggle. do the song and dance, mm, but literally, yeah. yeah but no, it just seemed like she's not hey, smiling, but because I can't <laughs> chuckle, like I have no motor skills. I'm like, come on, if I'm gonna entertain them, let me do something else besides juggle. Let me like, dance. Yeah, yeah. let me dance. Uh-huh. Yeah, she can. Yeah, we did that Saturday morning. I'll tell uh, you yeah, all about speaking, that. Speaking of Saturday morning, I said, hey, Michelle and Father Josh, can we just start off with something fun because it was pretty deep last night, which was great, and there was no problem with that. But I was like, let's just have a little bit of fun because uh-huh. this is going to be fun too so we started off with this morning they were kind of getting people moving and then all of a sudden they were dragging sister and i up there oh my as gosh if we did not sign up for this people can i just not. say that we were I'm like all wallflowers we're like barely had enough coffee <laughs> we're fine to let father josh and michelle do that thing because they were funny everybody was laughing but then they brought us up and we're like it was this is the part where the earth opens and swallows us. <laughs> like swallows please, the please, introverts please earth now exactly <laughs> podcast listeners if i can tell you i wish we had, if someone had a video of sister and Heather dancing. What did we dance? It was to? so Taylor powerful. Swift. Taylor Swift. It was like one Shake of those. It off. I wouldn't Shake say it was off. powerful. Yeah. Josh, I would say it was. We rocked that, did we? Not? We, we did, but I mean, if you would have saw the moves of sister and, Whatever, and Heather, dude. it was uh, it was a sight I think to we see. We did like it the was. cabbage they patch. Were totally... That's one way to put it. It was a sight to see, my friend. <laughs> it was a unique experience for all of us. It was involved. like, please stop. Oh, Nobody put this on They were totally shaking what their mama gave them. It was awesome. And I will do it again. Anyway, but. on to the next part, um, sister. So, sister, you spoke in the morning mm-hmm. about restoring our hope, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it was. I've heard you speak so many times, but you just have something fresh and beautiful every time that you mm-hmm. share. And so, would you just share with us a little bit more about what you said? Yeah, I spoke about hope and really three things, like what the word restore means, and then what beauty means, and then what hope means, because I think it's easy for us to kind of misunderstand those words. And I just did a word study on the word restore. And Michelle's laughing at me because I'm a word nerd, but she's just jealous. Can I just say that? (laughs) Not laughing at you. You're just like a walking dictionary. I'm just like a nerd. I'm just amazed at your brilliance. I'm just going to bask in your brilliance of word knowledge. Y'all, she's smart. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. You're hoping for it. Yes, I am. I am. Um, Actually, the word restore means to stand again. And so I love the visual image of to stand again. And you talk about the synonyms being to rebuild and to recreate and to renew, but really to to stand again. And I think all of us have parts of our life where we feel like we are waylaid, like we are laying down in the tomb where we've been knocked down by life and to really restore something that Lord is picking us up by the hand and he's raising us up again. So where in our lives do we need to stand again? And when we talk about beauty, what we're talking about really is the 
that which delights the soul upon being known, that we're created in the image and likeness of God, that we're delightful. And that's a very profound reality. That's not just something that sounds nice, but it's actually true. It's, it's infused in us in our baptism and how God, and how God, you know, calls us to himself. And then hope is not wishful thinking. You know, it's, it's the confident desire that something difficult can be obtained, but it's actually a theological virtue, another gift given at our baptism that orders us toward God himself. And that it is the reality that heaven is our home and that God will fulfill his promises. And so kind of going on those areas of, you know, where are the promises in your life that you want to see fulfilled or that, you know, where's, where's God in your life, you know, calling you to stand again. And so that was kind of on my heart. It was kind of like a mini teaching really, but just bringing it to the, those parts of our hearts where perhaps we've lost hope or perhaps we said we're in the tomb and we've been there a long time. And we think to ourselves, I've already done this before. I, I prayed this before. I've been through Easter before and nothing ever changes and calling God into those places because God lives outside of time, lives in Cairo. So he's always present. So that was kind of my heart for the talk and just hopefully inspiring hope in women, you know, giving us the ability to, to dream again, to really ask God for new things because God is always doing something new. Mm-hmm. And I think a lack of hope is, is a huge stumbling block oh my gosh, to yeah. receiving the power of restoration that God has for mm-hmm. us. You know, mm-hmm. I think for many of us, we just are bombarded with so many horrible stories in the world and so many things that are happening in our neighborhoods and our schools and in our town and all over the place that our hope is just getting shot at. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, like arrows over and over and over again, um, in our hope. And so to, to have a talk so specifically about that for people, I think it just hit home on a lot of levels. Mm -hmm. Sister, one of the scripture stories that you mentioned in your talk was about Mary Magdalene Mm -hmm. and the gardener. Mm -hmm. Do you want to speak on that at all? Cause I thought it was very powerful. I love Mm -hmm. that part. Mm -hmm. Oh, when Mary Magdalene, you know, goes to the tomb and she sees the angels inside and the angels say to her woman, why are you weeping? And then she tries to enter into dialogue with them. And then Christ himself says the same thing, woman, which is such a powerful thing to say. It hits on so many things, but he says, woman, why are you weeping? And she turns to him and thinks he's the gardener. And I love that. And she's like, you know, if you've taken him, just let me know where you've taken him. I'll take the body. And it's not until he calls her name that she recognizes him. And I just was thinking, you know, how many times in our life Christ is present in our garden, in our soul, but we think he's the gardener. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't understand that he's already there. We just think he's somebody else or we don't understand his presence. So to recognize his presence and to allow him to call our names, you know, and that's such an intimacy. Like when you know somebody, when they love you, the tone of voice they use, you recognize their voice. And it's not until he calls her name that she recognizes him. So just where in our life in the garden of our souls is Christ present, but we just don't, we don't recognize him. You know, he's not, he's not important or somebody we don't recognize, you know, something like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, are we putting ourselves? self in the position to hear him call our name, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. to hear him call us by name because he is constantly inviting us into deeper relationship and he's constantly just calling our names into such a personal way, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and we're like, oh, he just, Mm -hmm. that's just the gardener, but he is calling our name constantly Mm -hmm. and he knows our name. Mm -hmm. One of the practices I did with my kids um, who were coming into the church through RCIC is I asked them to all close their eyes. And then I would speak to them and I'd ask them, okay, who's speaking right now? And they're like, you, Father Josh. And I said, well, how do you know it's me? So well, we know your voice. Well, how do you know my voice? Because mm-hmm. we're in relationship with you, right? Amen. And the same truth applies to Jesus. Mm-hmm. If we are in relationship specifically with his voice as revealed to us in the word of God, the sacred scriptures, um, then whenever we're in those different places, we're in those gardens of our life, Amen. we're going to be able to perceive Oh, this, that's Jesus right there. Oh, that's where he was. Oh, that's what he's saying to me right now mm-hmm. through that person or that show or that conversation or that dream or, or whatever it might be. And so there's really a need for us to be rooted in relationship with the word. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we went, um, had a little coffee break after that, right? And then... Uh, well, Heather asked us a question that was a really good question. I can't remember. Oh, she has too many good questions. Was yeah. it that one or is it the restore, like when we were younger? What were oh, we the table talk. Yeah. yeah. What was that question that you asked us? Like, I yeah, can't remember. I said something like, you know, what is an area from, like, there was a, you were talking about in your childhood, Sister Miriam. Being five that, years that old. Made yeah. You, yeah mm-hmm. when you were five years old and there was just so much life and not a lot of filter. It mm-hmm. was just like... Five-year-olds are delightful. Mm-hmm. And I said, what is something from your childhood, like around that age, that you you believe that God wants to restore now, mm-hmm. like in your life right now? Oh, and everybody in the room was like, oh, like, because oh. it's painful, but it's beautiful at the same time. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you asked, where is that girl? Where mm-hmm. is that girl that longed for home? Where is that mm-hmm. girl that ran barefoot in the grass? Where was that girl with mm-hmm. the freedom? Mm-hmm. You know, where did she go? That mm-hmm. You know, before life told her who she was supposed to be, mm-hmm. not who she was created to be. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. And so Heather asked us this question, and we had no prep whatsoever. It was great. That was very vulnerable, <laughs> but it was good, because as we were modeling modeling table talk like we are right now, Michelle Benzinger. Okay, well, we're modeling Look it, but us. I was like, woo, that was oh, a really... But I did go first. I said, I'll go first, so you guys can think about it. <laughs> that was so <laughs> great. Yeah. That, that was yeah. so great. But I, I think it goes back to, you know, we talked about the analogy of restoring artwork. Yeah. There's already a beautiful masterpiece there. Yeah. And over time, like there's deterioration or there might be a tear in it or something. Mm-hmm. And and the work of restoration is to bring the original beauty, but to restore it with even mm-hmm. more beauty than Amen. before. And so those things from our childhood that, that used to be there aren't supposed to be lost. It's mm-hmm. not that we become something totally different and we lose ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's that we become truly who we were meant to be. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yes. And... That was something that your talk really hit on Michelle or Heather. And you talked, I love that you actually changed the top, the title of the talk because it was actually restore relationships. And then you took off the S and which changed the whole talk and it was outstanding. And I loved it also paralleled the gospel that day, which I don't even so know if you good. realized it at the same time. And I love when those things happen because you talked a lot about Peter and do you love me? And so the title of your talk was restore our relationship. And you talked about Trinitarian love and, mm-hmm. and how love it flows out. And then Peter, do you love me? So could you share with our listeners a bit about that? It was outstanding. Yeah. You know, just to pick up on what you said there, there's those moments where you you feel like God is leading you, but you really are stepping out in faith. You don't mm-hmm. know. And I felt like God was saying, I want you to talk about the restoration of Peter as a model for how to restore relationship. Mm-hmm. And after I wrote the talk, then I read the gospel for that Sunday, <laughs> I love like that. a week later, and it was the restoration of Peter. And I was like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I got an email from a friend who the day before I was giving the talk said, I'm here at the chapel of the restoration of Peter in the Holy <laughs> Land. And he didn't know I was talking about that. And it I was just that. such a confirmation from the Lord um, that I was going in the right direction where he wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to be aware of those promptings, like mm-hmm. to, to step on in faith and trust where God is leading you to go. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't get a confirmation after, I think it's just, you have to sometimes act in faith, yeah. you know, that God really does want to speak to us. Amen. God really does want to lead us. He really does want to, to use us as a beautiful instrument. So mm-hmm. anyway, but the, yeah, that morning, I, I just wanted to start off with like restoring our relationship with God is really the most important thing. It it affects all the other relationships that we have. And when we can get those things in order, then we can experience a lot of restoration in other relationships. And part of that is because we're receiving a perfect love. Mm -hmm. You know, we're able to receive from the Father and we're able to respond to the Father. And as we grow in that relationships, our heart's capacity expands Mm -hmm. so that naturally um, our hearts, it comes from an overflow. The loving of other people comes from this overflow of the love of the Father that's being poured into us. And um, yeah, and so I I talked about that and just talked about Peter and Jesus. And Mm -hmm. I love how close they were 
And I also love that Peter just messed up so badly Mm -hmm. because that's us, right? Like it's just the reality of us. And to know that somebody that close to Jesus who walked with him every day failed by denying him three times. Mm -hmm. Um, But the shame that he experienced and just how relatable that is to each of us. We all have places where... You know, we may not have been standing around a fire denying Jesus, but mm-hmm. but we have maybe at yep. a party, maybe at school, maybe at work, maybe yeah. we keep it on the down low. Um, but we also deny him when we mm-hmm. when we sin, when we fall short, when we choose something else other yeah. than him, when we choose something else as our king and Lord mm-hmm. other than Jesus. Um, so, yeah, I want to talk about that, but more specifically, the restoration part where Jesus comes to the beach like he goes to Peter. Yeah, he doesn't wait for Peter to come to him. Peter goes back to fishing what he always knew. You know, it's like, I'm just going to go try to try to work out all of this shame and all the sorrow that I feel to, by just going back to what's familiar, which I think a lot of oh, us do. I so do that, yeah. Yeah, just trying to numb out, you know, numb the shame and the pain. Uh, but Jesus goes to him and stands on the beach. And when Peter realizes it's him, you know, he just jumps into the water and starts swimming towards Jesus. And what would that have been like, that experience of being so filled with shame, but his heart wants to reunite with Jesus, you know, and Peter's so messy. He's so reactive. And I I kind of love that about him. Uh, And then Jesus, just in his kindness, is like, let's eat breakfast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like he's not standing there going, come on, Peter. Like, I want to hear it from you. Like, you know, you screwed up and it's it's your turn to make things right. I'm going to wait on you. Mm -hmm. And that teaches me a lot because it's hard to be the first one to to go when someone's hurt you. Mm -hmm. Because you kind of want to go, well, you're the one that hurt me. Yeah. Like, I'm just, you should come to me. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to wait over here until Mm -hmm. you figure it out and come and apologize. It's so hard to go Mm -hmm. to someone first when Mm -hmm. they've hurt you and say, this really hurt but I love you. And can we talk about it? Yeah. I want to work this out. Um, and, and then Jesus gives him an opportunity to share his love with him, you yeah. know, by saying, Peter, do you love me? And it's the three times the restoration and our archbishop, God bless him. Archbishop Michael Miller. What uh, he is so beautiful. And he came and preached on that exact same it thing. Was I was like, yeah. Oh man, the archbishop, he's such a good preacher that my talk's going to look very mediocre in comparison. But What was beautiful is that he just took a totally different spin on the same exact story. And he was talking, the part that I love the most is that he said the word that's used is like agape. Jesus is saying, do you love me with like an all, an all consuming love? Like I will give you everything an agape love. Mm. And Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you with a friendship love. Mm. And then Jesus asked him again, do you love me with an agape love? And Peter's like, Lord, I love you with a friendship love. And then Jesus asks again, Peter, do you love me with a friendship love? Yeah. And Peter says, yes. So Jesus meets him where he's at. Yeah, that's you know, which, Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think about that part. You know, many of us don't understand the language and the translations and all those things. So when we have someone with wisdom who can share that with us, that was very impactful mm-hmm. because I think that's real. That's really real. Amen. Like where God is like, I'm giving you everything, but. I'm okay with whatever you can give me. Now, Heather, you had a, a particular insight to the scripture that I've never, I've never had before. And it was about Peter and when he was fishing and then he put his clothes on. He you, was lightly clad. He was lightly <laughs> clad or as some translators say, he was naked. Um, and so, That's but, how they say in the South. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you said something, you made a connection. Can you share that connection naked. you made about Peter in the, in the beginning? Yeah, I just said that in the beginning, you know, Adam and Eve were naked without shame. And it wasn't until they sinned 
that they were filled with shame and they covered themselves up. Mm-hmm. They put their clothes back on. They didn't want to show, they mm-hmm. didn't want to come before God in their nakedness. And Peter too, he's on the boat and he's fishing and he's naked and he puts on his clothes and then jumps in the water, <laughs> which makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. And, um, but it does make sense in light of that scripture. He was filled with shame and he, he didn't want to come before God it's naked to so clothe himself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that Jesus just made coffee and breakfast. Like mm-hmm. that just makes everything better. I know. Yeah. I love how you put the coffee in there. Yeah. You're just like assuming you know, that because you know it probably had coffee, it probably roasted I mean, the beans himself. He did. Table. He created mm-hmm. it on the eighth day, baby. Mm-hmm. Okay, and yeah. he restored their vision, which is what Michelle Benzinger you talked about at the end of the day. Which, girl, you were preaching it. Like, mm-hmm. that was so good. I love that somebody messaged you and said, I wanted to stand up and be like, amen, girl, but we don't do that in Canada. Like, that's so great. I'm like, these Canadians are it's so, so polite. True. It's so great. But, girl, you were preaching it. I mean, it was, was, there was the best so, for last. Yeah. So was she authority. actually says, I'll save the best for last. Like, oh, no, we're just joking. We're telling, can, you, can you tell our listeners about that? Because your talk was amazing. Yeah, it was just the culmination of everything. Going last, that means you have to pull it all together. Just but bat and clean up, y'all. Bat and clean up. But it was amazing because I really felt... That's something that's been stirring in me personally and us personally. Like, what does it mean to be restoration of the church? And I was just even telling them earlier in a question and answer, uh, we had an opportunity to be with a really great bishop, sister and I at a conference a year ago. And I was asking him, because it says, Pope Francis says, you know, we haven't even begun to unpack the feminine genius. You know, and so I was asking this bishop, I'm like, okay, when are y'all going to unpack this feminine genius? Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and goes, when are you? I yeah, when like, he said you're the church. He says, the- yeah, he said, you're the church. When are you? Huh. And it, was, it just like caught me off guard. It caught me by surprise. And he's like, I, and he looks at me, he goes, I give you a permission. You're mm-hmm. the church. Go and do it. And um, there was something about that. It's like, what does it mean to really rise up and be the church? And I just started with a quote from St. Paul. Um, Pope Paul VI from Vatican II, just where, you know, it is time for women to step up in their role. Mm -hmm. It is time for women to restore the vision of who they are. Mm -hmm. So therefore we can restore the vision of our families and our um, communities and our colleges Mm -hmm. and our workplaces and in the church and in the world. Mm -hmm. But I think to do that, we have to take a step back and restore who we are in a couple of areas. Like we cannot restore a vision or have a full vision that brings life without restoring who we are in our true identity. Mm-hmm. And so I just broke it down. And what does it mean to be restore our vision as a daughter? And what does it mean to restore our vision as a bride? Mm-hmm. And Mr. what Darcy, does, of course, Mr. Darcy, I used to quote from Pride and Prejudice because I mean, you know, Mr. like Darcy, Mr. Darcy, Darcy it, it works. It totally Father works. Josh. <laughs> I was getting Jesus ready at that time. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. He wasn't looking at Mr. Darcy. You know, and really using it, what does it mean to be a true life giver? As co-creator, yeah. Yeah, what does it mean to be co-creator and a true life giver? And I think what we realize, we think if we are following the Lord and we are faithful to the church, that it's going to look like a neat little box and Mm -hmm. it is going to be all pretty and it is anything but pretty. Hmm. The gospel is messy and the Mm -hmm. cross is messy and loving is messy and costly, but it is so worth it. Mm -hmm. And are we going to look at these areas of our life? And um, really go for that restoration and allow the Holy Spirit to restore us so we can't therefore join him on mission, Mm -hmm. you know. And I really feel like he is raising up a group of women that are women of influence Mm -hmm. and not manipulation. That was a good, Mm -hmm. I love that point. All the women were like, oh, that's good. Because me and we can hustle with the best of them and we can make things happen and we can manage our lives Mm -hmm. like no other. Mm -hmm. But are we allowing the Holy Spirit to overshadow us, to rule our lives, and so that we have these amazing personal personal magnificats, mm-hmm. not these plans of manipulation that I'm going to do it my way. Mm-hmm. And just really doing that and realizing that the Lord is going to call us in areas to step out and be bold where we feel inferior. 
And mm-hmm. our areas of influence are usually going to come in our areas of, you know, where we feel inferior mm-hmm. or where we can't do this because that way we know it's God. Amen. And that way mm-hmm. we know it's to display God's glory. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was great. It was powerful. I did mm-hmm. have a fire in my belly. You did. You were speaking scripture over those ladies yeah. as well, yeah. which is really powerful. That was really, at the end of every section, you proclaimed a scripture over them that was applicable. It yeah. Was really Just that declaration of power of words. Mm-hmm. Like we, mm-hmm. I give sister a hard time, but, but all of us, all three of us, we loves us some words, mm-hmm. but we love the word of God Amen. and there is power in the word of God. And when you declare his word, it does not come back void. Mm-hmm. So we are going to believe him and grasp onto that in a healthy way, grasping like we are holding on to you, Lord, Amen. you are going to bless us, that <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you are going to bless us like the hemorrhaging woman, like mm-hmm. we are going to get healing mm-hmm. and we are going to go after it. And just what does it really mean? Um, I don't think we have even cracked the surface. And this is for another podcast. Mm-hmm. Sister and I had a long talk about it this morning because we got mm-hmm. up early. We had coffee. We got coffee early this morning mm-hmm. for like an hour and a half. It was half. nice. It was great. Birds yeah. are chirping. Yeah. I was sleeping. I was sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> sleeping. Yeah. It was good. But mm-hmm. I don't even think we could begun to unpack John Paul II's personalism. No. Mm-hmm. And I just think we could go there, you know, yeah. and that's for another podcast. But um, it is time. It is for such a time as this. It is time, mm-hmm. you know, that women step up into their life-giving mm-hmm. um, areas of influence mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. And I have a lot of hope in the group of women that were oh, there. Oh, and, so much And those hope. of our listeners, you know, who have been mm-hmm. listening, you're, you're journeying, you're, you're doing your work, you're building the kingdom. And even our archbishop said that at the end of mass, that it was so inspiring to him to look out there yeah, and 500 see women, yeah. vibrant, you know, women of faith who are making an impact. And mm-hmm. And I think that that is what it's all about. You know, I love what your bishop said to you, Michelle, like you're the church, go do it. Mm-hmm. Because it's easy for all of us to just complain about mm-hmm. the things that so are wrong. Oh, like, yeah. saying, that is such not a, doing this. That yeah. is so such an easy pathway for me to go down to be like, just upset. And so I complain about the things that aren't going right. Yeah. Instead of saying, Lord, how would you like me to respond mm-hmm. to the, the places where I see something's missing? Amen. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, we complain about what isn't going on. We don't proclaim what God is need to mm-hmm. what God needs to do and how we can bring that about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have to change that our complaining to proclaiming oh. God's power and pro- proclaiming God's Holy Spirit that He is going to bring life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Father Josh, it just makes me think of a question for you. Like, as a pastor who is you do a wonderful job at collaborating with people from your parish, you know, mm-hmm. and working together as a team, and how. What do you appreciate about the laity that you work with that they bring to the table, like how they approach you or how you can collaborate together? Um, Because I think some people don't know how to do that. You know, they're like, I don't know what this I don't know what to do. Like if I have something burning in my heart, what do I say to my priest or how do I start? That's a great question. Yeah. um, I mean, I think from the priest perspective, I think it's just really important to recognize our gifts and our limitations. Uh, I, I think the priesthood has become something that I, I personally, I don't think God ever envisioned it to be, especially as pastors. Some of the things that priests are busy themselves doing, I don't think it's the one thing that God wants for priests to do in this season of our lives, in this season of ministry. And so I think the first thing is just for the priest to recognize um, we have a gift to offer the church. We have a necessary gift to offer the church and the sacraments and the sacraments, specifically the Eucharist and reconciliation and anointing. Uh, those are gifts that only we can offer. And it's beautiful and necessary. And that's what we've been created for as, as priests. Um, and we also have our charisms that we receive at our baptism that need to be nurtured uh, for us to share with our bride, the church. 
Um, but we're also really limited. We're super, super limited. And so once we discern our outside the sacraments, like what's the particular gift I bring to the table in this particular parish community, then it's, it's time for us to, to discern, all right, so I don't have the rest of these gifts. So who does have those gifts? Um, for, for, for me, I just, I love whenever people ask me what my vision is, mm-hmm. right? I don't, God is, as, as a pastor, right? The Lord kind of entrusts the vision, the mission of the parish to the pastor. And so whenever the bride comes to me and says, what's your vision? Um, and then comes back to me later and gives me ways in which she, the bride, the church, the people I'm collaborating with can make that vision happen mm-hmm. using their gifts that I don't have. You know, like I'm very limited. I, I, I'm an evangelist. I, I have the vision for the parish and I administer the sacraments pretty well. Um, I could do better, but I do that pretty, I, I'm a, I do an okay job at that. Um, I'm not an administrator. I'm not a helper. I'm not so many other gifts in the body of Christ. And so whenever other people can come and say, well, this is what my gift is and this is how it can, you know, maybe make that vision happen. And it might look a little bit different than I, I originally may have uh, envisioned in prayer. Um, but whenever the bride can come and actually let me know she's listening to the vision that the Lord put on my heart and here's how she can work with me to make that happen for the good of the people in our community. Um, that's so helpful. And that's what we're, we've been seeing in my parish is the people I gave the general vision and the people came and filled it out. And it does not look exactly the same as I originally thought it was going to look. It looks way better mm-hmm. because the people's gifts came to the table and they use their gifts. And I just sit back and watch them work and watch them make Jesus happen um, for people in our community. And so I think for people who are listening, for our viewers, um, to, to ask your pastor, what's your mission? What's your vision? Um, and then and then go and spend some time in prayer and discern, okay, what are my gifts and how can my gifts um, make that vision happen for the sanctification of our entire community and for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I think in many ways, you know, restoring the beauty of the church, when we talk about that aspect and then how do we play our part, there has to be a Trinitarian like love component. Like there is this perfect unity amongst the Trinity and there's an outpouring and receptivity that's going on. But a lot of us in ministry kind of have our own thing. We're protective of something. We Mm -hmm. kind of hold back. We're Mm -hmm. not sharing. And um, I think there's something in every relationship, in every place that we are working in our hearts and in the church and all of that, that we need to bring that kind of collaborative unity. And that's Mm -hmm. one thing that I loved about this weekend. Like I, I can give a talk. I can do these things on my own. I don't like to do that. I would Mm -hmm. much prefer this, the four of Mm -hmm. us coming together, bringing our gifts to the table um, the logistics are so hard for me leading up to it. Mm-hmm. But when we get to the weekend, I'm totally at peace because I know I'm just mm-hmm. going to play my part. Mm-hmm. And then sister, you're going to play your part. Mm-hmm. And Michelle, you're going to do yours. And Father Josh, you're going to do yours. And together, the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. going to come and anoint mm-hmm. that and make it into something beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. which is so much better than anything we can do on our own. Amen. And all the parts that were hidden this weekend that, oh, that made it happen, that made it run so smooth. And Nothing yeah. could have happened yeah. without those parts All the volunteers, like all the people. Every gift is necessary. Yeah, and absolutely. when we recognize that, like, oh my goodness, like the church would limp if I did not play my particular role um, in the church. And I don't know about y'all from your perspective as women in the church and in ministry, but... I, I'm looking at a church right now that is not thriving, that is not running, but in no. general, the church is limping. And I, and I think it's because um, not every member and not, is being reverenced. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and there are, and, and sometimes because we're not being reverenced, we haven't been reverenced, we don't make, we don't continue to put ourselves out there like Peter had to do mm-hmm. um, to share the gift that God has given us for, mm-hmm. for the church. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. So dear listeners, maybe this week, you know, we can ponder, ask the Holy Spirit to show you where is, where is God restoring, you know, your beauty? 
Where is he restoring your heart? Where is he restoring your hope and your vision and your relationship with him? And maybe as you listened uh, today, it's certain things really stuck out to you. And just take a note of that and just ask the Lord, like, Lord, where are you calling me to lead? And where are you leading me in restoration and where I am right now? Um, because the Lord is always at work. You know, he's always at work making making all things new. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. So, Father Josh Johnson, you know very well that at the end of our episodes, we have a one thing for the week. And so, since you're our guest, we're going to ask you first. So, uh, what would you, what's your one thing for the week, man? Lucio! <laughs> Father Lucio, I met this really cool priest here in Canada, which, by the way, um, I found out that some of our, our listeners wrote me a beautiful note, a beautiful card, who I got to meet at this conference, which is really cool for me to meet all these people who I've been walking with through the podcast. And, uh, and they let me know that on my last podcast, I made the the terrible mistake of, of assuming that Canada was like, everything was like right by each other. And so they, they actually drew a map of Canada for nice. me to show me where one of my previous listeners was yes, and yes, of course. whatever. So it was super cool. So thank you and shout out to everyone who's helping me learn geography. But, um, but Father Lucio is this awesome priest here in Canada and specifically in the part of Canada that we're in right now, which is Abbotsville, I think. Abbotsford, Vancouver Diocese, great, great Archbishop, awesome seminarians who love the Lord. But this priest just, um, he really inspired me because the reason why he came to the conference was because he, he wanted to learn how to better minister to women. And he was like, what better way than to come and sit at the feet of these women, listen to their talks and just and hear what women, um, how they minister to each other, what they desire to hear. And I thought it was so beautiful that he is a priest and he's still a student. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he, and he still wants to learn Amen. the bride so that he can love the bride well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just being in his humble presence, he was so humble and so eager to to just learn how to love the bride well. He was definitely my one thing for the week. And, and also being with y'all. Oh, y'all thanks, my, my one thing and your Woo! family. Oh, Heather, yeah. your fam- being in the presence of your family is, is healing to mm-hmm. see a, a family that is... is um, is really striving to live as a holy family. And so mm-hmm. it's just been great to be in, again, y'all's presence is healing for me and y'all are fun. And, um, yeah, yeah we loved having you. Miss Michelle, what is your one thing, my dear? Yeah, I think my one thing is similar to father Josh's one thing. I think it was just being together. Mm-hmm. Like, that was we, so much fun. yeah, mm-hmm. we've had a lot of quality time together. Yep. A sister and I've had a lot of long walks, mm-hmm. hiking mm-hmm. and walking mm-hmm. and we've been really good. Mm-hmm. And Heather has been really good to us. She was crazy busy. God love her. Like she yeah. is managing kids and managing a conference and mm-hmm. managing three out of town guests all and at the same time. And she did it effortlessly. Oh, yeah. So yeah. effortlessly. Mm-hmm. And she makes us these amazing meals. Her oh, cheese yeah. and crackers are so good. <laughs> we did. After the conference on Saturday night, we just stood around in her kitchen and ate cheese and crackers. It was great. And your kids were there. We had so much fun. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, just being all together. Mm-hmm. What's your one thing? My one thing is actually speaking of new hearts. I'm reading a wonderful book, which is a collection of talks by Dr. Conrad Bars, and it's about the restoration of the priesthood. And the book is called I Will Give Them New Hearts, and it is outstanding. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely outstanding. And so uh, I just love the priesthood, and just the restoration of the priesthood is very important. And so speaking of restoring our hearts, so I would highly recommend the book by Dr. Conrad Bars. Um, I will give them a new heart. And apparently dark chocolate sea salt caramels, which Father Mm -hmm. Josh is getting us to eat right now. I'm just, I'm just smelling it right now. It's, 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 so it's, it's not on my Optavia plan, so I'm smelling it. Stop it. It's okay. the Easter season. All right, Heather, Heather Kim, before this goes too far down the road, where, <laughs> where, what's your one thing, girl? What's your one? What's your, well, my one thing is my husband, Jake. 
He, he really stepped in and saved Literally. the day. Um, yeah, a couple of months ago, I was just overwhelmed with all the details of the conference, yeah. along with everything else going on in life, building a house and all those things. And so he just said, can I help you, along with our good friend, Hannah Van Nort. And, mm-hmm. and Jake... It was his birthday on Friday, but yeah. he just let, you know, he just served and served and served, worked his little butt off mm-hmm. all day long for, for the conference and just had joy. And that man loves never, you. he yeah. never made me feel guilty about it. Like he yeah. just was there every step of the way serving in the background. And so mm-hmm. I'm super grateful to him and, and also to the rest of the volunteers and mm-hmm. to Hannah and, um, and the, the whole team that made it all happen. It really, no, none of this could happen without mm-hmm. them. It was impossible. So mm-hmm. they played such a. I mean, important role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I mean, it's very obvious that the grace imparted this weekend will continue to bear fruit mm-hmm. for all of us, right? All of our listeners. Mm-hmm. So, so dear friends, God is restoring your beauty, and He loves you. And thank you, Father Josh, once again. How delightful to have you on the podcast. I love you all very much. <laughs> we love you too. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? You can leave us a rating, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. If you would like the show notes emailed to you, you can go to ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together. That's ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together and enter your email address. Click the subscribe button and the show notes will be on their way to you every week. You can also find the show notes on the Ascension Press website, as well as each episode on the iTunes podcast app. You'll find everything there. You can join our private Facebook group and join our community and just get in on everything that's going on. We love to hear from you. Send us an email, give us a shout out. We are happy to be on the journey with you. And until next week, we will be abiding together. Thank you so much.